Okay, all right. Today we have uh, Michael Holt uh, on, and uh, I get to interview him. I'm very, very pleased to um, to be speaking with uh, with him today. Uh, Michael, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure, man. What would you like to know? Uh, what is it that you What is it that you do? I work as a holistic health practitioner. Um, that's basically an umbrella term for implementing natural means to optimize the vitality, health, wellness, sense of purpose, well-being uh, with my clientele. I'm also a founder in an international men's community called Tribe. And um, that's a collective of men seeking, seeking to deepen their experience of uh, uh, Purpose, intimacy, and self-development. Yeah, it seems like a lot of men nowadays are um, kind of looking for a purpose. Um, I'm one of them. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, uh, what? So what's what are the top reasons why men come to you for coaching, or or why they why they uh, join your your tribe? Um, I would say most men who join tribe are seeking, there's this intuitive kind of feeling that this can't be it. There must be more to it than this. Um, now both in tribe and in my private practice, men tend to occupy two ends of the spectrum. One is life is really, 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 really hard. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I can't even seem to get my shit together and get in the game. I'm really hurting and struggling. The other end would be, okay, I'm highly functioning. I'm, I've achieved my goals in the, in the world. I have the job that I thought I wanted. I'm making the money. I have the wife. But still, this ain't it. Mm -hmm. So there's a call, you know, between those two ends of the spectrum. One, I just can't even, life is so hard. I can't even seem to get in the game. And one, I have everything I thought I wanted and still I'm left empty. So those are the two populations. I think that there's a catalyst for a deeper look at things, deeper look inside and seeking fulfillment um, internal rather than external. Yeah. So, so let's say like your, your friend or your, or someone, you know, they, they have, um, they kind of, they're in a bad place or whatever. And they come to you and they're like, Michael, dude, like, I don't know what, what the heck to do. I just lost my job. My wife divorced me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm drinking too much on weekends. And, and mm -hmm. so, I mean, what, what, what would you say just, just as, um, as a sort of, well, you know, you said, say a friend comes to you. Mm -hmm. If a friend comes to me, I'd, I'd be there to lend an ear and provide some support. In my experience, it's not a very good idea to engage a friend professionally. Um, I make it very clear in my work, if I'm going to work with someone one-on-one, -on -one, uh, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be rewarding, but it's going to be challenging. Um, it's going to be confronting. You know, it's a deep dive into yourself and, uh, that's the healing path. And it's certainly in my experience, not um, hippy dippy namaste unicorns and rainbows. It's hard. Yeah. And it's not always appropriate to uh, accompany a friend on that journey. So if it was a friend, I would support 
as best I could and per perhaps send them in the direction of another professional. If it's a, someone who's coming to me wanting to work with me, that's a different story. Um, typically in my work one-on-one, -on -one, uh, there's six primary areas of focus. The six foundation principles is laid out by one of my teachers, Paul Check. Um, the state of the mind, you know, the quality of your attention, uh, what kind of thoughts are you allowing to perseverate in the thinking mind? What is your relationship with, with yourself? How do you actually feel about yourself? That's pretty important. Um, number two is functional breathing. You know, uh, few things have a greater impact on our experience of the present moment more profound than the depth of our breath. And we can learn how to breathe. We often forget how to breathe because when we're born, we know if you watch a baby, full body breathing, soft belly breathing. But as we grow and develop and collect traumas and things happen, we get tighter and tighter and tenser and tenser. And we hold a lot of trauma. It can be released through uh, intentional breath work. Mm -hmm. The third thing I would want to have a look at with somebody is their sleep hygiene. Um, establishing good, healthy protocols around your sleep. Then hydration, then nutrition, and then moving every day in a way that feels good for you. You don't have to go to the gym and hit PRs every day. You don't even have to really lift weights. You just have to move in a way that feels good. Now, I find in my both in my personal life, and in my work with my clientele, that when you develop a day where you check all six of those boxes every single day, you know, mm -hmm. you develop a relationship with your mind, you train your mind through meditation, you breathe functionally, you sleep when you're meant to sleep, when the sun goes down, you wake up when the sun comes up, you drink enough good, clean water, you eat good, clean food, the way mother nature intended, and you move, a lot of problems tend to dissolve. That's the practice of health. That's living in a way where you're cultivating health every day. That's managing your health as if it was your greatest wealth because it is. That's a far cry from waiting until things get so bad that you body expresses some disease and then you go to the doctor and the doctor says, here, pop these three times a day, which doesn't address the real issue. You know, it doesn't get to the root of the problem. Yeah, it's just like a Band-Aid, right? I mean, this is going to... And a lot of those. Yeah, it's like just, uh, the, just, one of the analogies I heard that I love is, hey, doc. yeah, you say, hey, doc, there's a rock in my shoe. He says, hey, take these pills and you won't feel the rock anymore. <laughs> but my work with my clientele, my work with my clientele is about getting rid of the rock. Let's yeah. remove the rock. And let's have a look at all the things that you do every single day that are causing that rock. <laughs> yeah. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, your website is uh, savageandsaint.com. Is that right? Yeah, that's the be best way to get a hold of me. I'm on social media too, but I don't really engage with it very often. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're interested and you want to talk to me about my work, drop me an email at savageandsaint.com. Uh, the email address is there on the website. There's also a link to Tribe, the men's community, on my website. Mm -hmm. um, but the URL for that is tribemenscommunity.com. Um, yeah, it just seems like there's so many guys nowadays. I mean, like 20% of my friends that I grew up with have, you know, they've, they kind of don't have their life together or they've kind of succumbed to drugs and alcohol. And, um, it just seems like a big, it just seems like a, there's something going on here, you know? And I think that 
you know, what you're doing is, is just really cool. This, this, um, this tribe group that you have is really interesting to me. I appreciate that Ace. And it's been a very rewarding project. You know, we've been working at it for a few years now and it's gotten grown, got more traction with every passing year. And now we got guys all over planet earth. We've got guys, guys in all over Europe, Australia, all over the States. Um, and it's important, you know, one of the things that we're missing in the modern era are things like ritual rites of passage, places where men get together just with men and talk mm. about things in an honest way. Um, it's not a boys club. You know, I've not built a boys club, no chicks allowed kind of thing. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> we come together as men so that we go up to the women in our lives, to the children in our lives, more refreshed, more refilled, more conscious, more present. Um, it's very important, I think, that men get together with just men and that women get together with just men or with just women. This is something that we've seen ancestrally and tribally, but mm-hmm. we've lost it. You know, we've picked up a lot of great things in the modern era. Life is easier in a lot of ways, but there's also a lot of negatives. And uh, the modern life you know, stands in stark contrast to our biology uh-huh. and that creates disease, discomfort, disharmony, depression, a sense of void, emptiness, lack, nihilism, because we live so far removed from how our bodies are built to live. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I I saw some of your website or your um your Instagram and you you're into this uh, Kali, Kali. Am I saying it right? This martial arts. That's one of the. Uh, I'm a martial artist, a student, and instructor. I've been training in various martial arts for about 10, 12 years. <clears throat> one of the arts that I teach and train is called Kali. That's uh, also known as Filipino martial art or Arnis or Eskrima. Uh, it's primarily a weapon system. You mm-hmm. probably saw me moving around with the double sticks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- so in college, two sticks or a single stick or a knife or machete, it's regarded the creme de la creme of bladed weapon systems. And it's often what's taught to uh, special forces, Green Berets, Navy SEALs. As far as close quarter combat, it's a really comprehensive system. It's not a sport. It's not governed by rules. It's uh, developed on battlefields from a part of the world where it wasn't uncommon to encounter an enemy in a jungle with a machete and uh, need to defend the village. Um, I also teach Muay Thai. I teach Silat, Penchak Silat. That's a martial art that originates in Indonesia. I teach self-defense. I teach Tai Chi and I teach Qigong. And for me personally, the martial art inquiry has really been very medicinal for my soul, for my spirit, for my well-being, because it provides a healthy outlet for movement and aggression and uh, challenge and even sparring or fighting. Uh And, uh, you know, that's in us. That's in us as men, Uh but there's not an outlet for it nowadays. So you just bottle that up, you bottle it up, press it down, you ignore it, and then you kick your dog or you slap, you slap your son in the face or turn that energy internally and you start to not treat yourself so well. So for me, martial art has been a deeply healing, healing journey and something that I feel called to share uh, with my clientele and with the men who come to tribe. 
something very special happens in the body when you put a stick in your hand and start swinging angle one, angle two, moving that way. It wakes up a part of your spirit that is real and you need it and it belongs here. But in the modern era, it's not really uh, welcome. Or we're often told that, no, this is toxic. <sighs> Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, some of the conversations that are going on but nowadays but um you worked as a uh as a um as a bouncer in a bar is that is that right or a club is that right yeah i worked in nightclub security for about 10 years uh, yeah. i had a door in philly i worked at a door in new jersey and then i moved to la 12 years ago and i worked at the front doors of clubs in la for about eight nine years and uh that was a very interesting line of work. It was yeah. an opportunity to put martial theory into martial practice mm -hmm. because there's always an opportunity to see what works and what doesn't when you stand at a front door and your job is to um, keep the peace. Yeah, right. <laughs> it would always surprise me how willing drunk men would be to engage with me violently because yeah. obviously if you're standing at the front door of a club, there's a reason that you're have that job you might know a few tricks so if you want to get yeah. drunk and pick a fight with somebody don't pick a fight with the doorman <laughs> no 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 don't do that definitely but i'll tell you what man i'm glad you brought that up because i do like to talk about it mm -hmm. and a part of me does that line of work and a part of me absolutely doesn't mm -hmm. you know as i started to do my own practice and become more healthy i got to a place where that line of work just was just was so juxtaposed with my lifestyle, the late nights and being in that environment, it just felt so off. So I, I quit. But by the end of my career there, I found the most interesting moments to be the moments where, okay, there is someone in front of me who's aggressive and they're invading my space and they're threatening me. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I found because of my training, in those moments, one's capacity to remain calm and mm -hmm. actually not just calm as a mental construct, but calm in an embodied state of calm, no tension in your body, relaxed gaze, eye contact. You can tell me I'm a motherfucker and that you're going to fuck me up and call me all kinds of names. And I won't say a word. I'm just going to look at you. That's the dialogue at a deeper level. And I would find that what would happen if I just maintain that real empty kind of presence, uh -huh. they may continue to threaten me, but they would be taking steps backward as they would be threatening me. Uh -huh. They'd be backing, backing up and backing up and then they would walk away. So we both know what happened, what really happened. You're saving faith by calling me all kinds of names and telling me you want to kick my ass. Okay. But you're walking away and I have moved a muscle. So I think through that line of work, I was able to find a, a deeper expression of martial art, which is, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's true. The real test is not having to use it. To know that you have it if you need it, but not needing to use it because you can remain calm in situations that are hostile and scary because you're good at violence. And so you don't have to uh, be an aggressive person. You don't have to beat your chest like a baboon and yell back. You can just be cool and calm and collected. Mm. And that is very destabilizing. Mm. It's a bit of a pattern interrupter to somebody who isn't used to that. 
and they start to think, why isn't this guy yelling back at me? Maybe he knows something. I don't know. Maybe he's the wrong one. Maybe I should just get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I had a um, Thai kickboxing instructor, like, and he had been studying for like 30 years. And this guy, he would look like straight. I swear to God, he would look like straight through me during our set when we're not doing anything. Like it was like, I know it gets a little woo wooey, but I swear he was just looking like straight through me, you know, like I. Yeah. So if you stay in the game long enough, yeah, you know, I think all martial artists go through a go through a path. Like, let's be honest, there are absolutely some um, spiritual nuggets to be had on the martial art path, but nobody really gives a shit about those at first. I know I didn't. I just wanted, you know. I was wounded internally at levels that I wasn't really even aware of. I was motivated by machismo and wanting to be the baddest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. That's typical for most people. So if you dedicate yourself to training for, you know, four years or five years, then you can check that box. You can be pretty confident that the statistically, if some kind of hand-to-hand combat breaks out, you're going to be better than most people. Mm-hmm. But that's not enough. You know, if you want to stay in the game for longer, um, self-defense isn't really enough. So you see the guys who have been in the gym for maybe four or five years and they wear tap out T-shirts and they almost look for trouble because they still have something that they're trying to prove to themselves. Uh-huh. So they'll, what you looking at? Who oh, you said to us? I'll fucking choke you out. Uh-huh. But that goes away in time. And your teacher, he was able to have that affect because he doesn't have anything left to prove to anybody. He doesn't, he's proved it to himself. And so now he's able to just relax and be still and be present and be gentle. That's the paradox of martial art. The better that you get at violence, the more peaceful you become. And that's certainly been true in my life. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely something to it more than just, you know, it's like you could go out and play basketball or tennis or do something like that. But those, activities don't have the same spiritual uh, next level possibilities that, that martial arts has for sure. Yeah, I agree. And it's also a great, you know, great exercise. And so I say, if you're going to exercise, why not exercise martially? Why not cultivate some skills that really change your life internally and bring about a more peaceful uh, presence? And cultivate skills that can enable you to be of service in the event that you find yourself or someone you love in a dangerous situation. Be able to keep the peace. And that's really what birthed my living philosophy that I call the savage and the saint. Because I went very deep into the martial art inquiry and I went very deep into the meditation inquiry. Uh uh, They seem to be diametrically opposed, but they're very much one and the same. And my personal opinion that uh, a man can and should practice uh, at both extremes, the extremes of savagery and the extremes of saintliness, and then occupy that space in the middle and wait for life to determine what it needs from you. And then you can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you also do... Um shamanic training as well i saw that on your website yeah so uh i got interested in shamanism you know i live in venice beach california Mm -hmm. and you can throw a rock 
in any direction, it'll probably hit a shaman. You know? <laughs> so everybody's a goddamn shaman nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Kind of makes me gag. Yeah, yeah. But um, three teachers who I really respect and look to as elders uh-huh. who are really solid dudes. Paul Check, who I mentioned earlier. Shinzen Young, who's uh, one of my meditation teachers. Uh-huh. And Dan Brown, who's another one of my meditation teachers. You know, I'd sat with them for years and studied with them for years, and they'd always talk. Some One way or another, shamanism would come up in their dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I became fascinated and wanted to learn more. Um, and shamanism, as I understand it, is kind of the first religion, the first doctor, the first poet. There's not a culture on planet Earth that, didn't spring or have a rooted in a shaman in the tribe, one who sees in the dark. That's what shaman means. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, you know, if you say shaman, people immediately think ayahuasca or peyote yeah. or some exogenous substance that alters consciousness. But most shamanic traditions around the world don't use substances to alter consciousness. They use things like exposure to the cold, exposure to the heat, fasting, breathing, uh, long periods alone in the wilderness with no food and no water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a way to reconnect with nature that which we are a part of, but we lose connection and to dialogue and interface with uh, spirits, saints, guides, non-ordinary beings, teachers, and uh, enlist their help in your life with what you find meaningful. So mm-hmm. you mentioned woo-woo a little earlier, and I'm not a woo-woo person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you what. I came out here to L.A. 10 years ago. I was 24 years old. I had a bit of a checkered past. I was just trying to get out of town and get right with myself. If you'd have told me then that I'm doing what I do now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even been able to believe it. Mm-hmm. So I haven't drank the Kool-Aid. I've just investigated on my own. And I've, I've found some real worthwhile explorations under the umbrella term of shamanism. I am enrolled in a, in a program in the UK as a shamanic practitioner, and that's been very interesting for me. Uh-huh. I'm, uh, I'm, it's nearly completed. I'll be in there for another two years. But it's just another tool that I wanted to keep in my toolbox. Now, if I'm working with somebody who's very... Uh, well buttoned up you know i work a lot with a lot of high powered executives and highly functioning people who mm-hmm. if you mention something like shamanism their eyes just kind of gloss over it's not really their thing so in my work i like to meet people where they are not where i am so with some of the people that i work with that, that inquiry into shamanism is available so we'll take it with others it's not so we won't i'm not a one trick pony um, i think it's very important as a health practitioner to be able to speak in a language that resonates with the person who's in front of you. So for some people, we take a deep dive into that realm. For others, I don't. Uh I have a lot of tools in the toolbox and the ones that I pull out depends on who's in front of me. Yeah, I had an experience with a shaman and we weren't using any plants, but yeah, it was was, um, beyond life-changing. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it... brought me into spirit you know uh at that point um it was very very personal 
but um yeah i mean i just can't even it just the experience itself just just blew my mind it just it just changed everything it just changed the way i looked at people and the sky and i mean just just daily life in general that's beautiful ace i'm glad you had that experience yeah and that's what it's about man about coming back into your body Mm -hmm. feet on the ground having a look around and inviting the reality you have no idea what's going on here but you're part of it Mm -hmm. and when you really look at it eyes tend to open a little wider you get a little bit of a pep in your step and you invite the mystery that's happening Uh, you surrender all the answers that you think you had life becomes more beautiful because you're not carrying around the baggage of all the things that you think you know Mm -hmm. I think progress on the path of contemplative practice meditation shamanism spiritual work is less about acquiring more and more about relinquishing everything you thought you knew about who you are, what you are, and what's happening here. Yeah, you've got a really cool quote on your website. Um, the natural force, forces within us are the healers of disease. That's such a cool quote. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah, I, it, I love it too, and I, I believe in it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll make it very clear if I'm going to be working with somebody that, uh, you know, I'm not a healer. You're a healer. Mm-hmm. Through our journey together, I'm going to endeavor to introduce you to the healer that you are. But you're totally capable of healing yourself. And actually, you're the only one that can do it. No one can save you. But you can. If you start to grapple with those natural forces, vitality, chi, energy, belief, intuition. You know, mm-hmm. Like I said before, we're so disconnected from those parts of ourselves. We have superpowers as human beings. We, are, we have superpowers, and we can unlock them mm-hmm. through practice. But that's not really encouraged uh, nowadays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I started journaling this past year, and, and um, you know, just, just thinking about – I've had some anger issues. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I get kind of more like frustration issues than anger issues. But, yeah, I just kind of started – thinking about my past and and yeah a lot of the things are inside of me you know that have um that have been coming up lately so yeah so there's good news and bad news there with regard to turning the mind's eye inward and confronting those things that we're all carrying you, you won't You walk down the street, you're not going to find a single person who's not carrying some stored somatic trauma that they're at a level that they're not aware of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You start to engage the practices that allow for the release of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. The bad news is you got to feel it. There's no, there's no way to skip that step. You got to feel it. The good news is you're feeling it on the way out. You're allowing your emotional body to more or less take a dump you know? Mm-hmm. And so now because you are allowing that stuff to come up, you're freer. But, but most people live in a way where they keep the lid so screwed on so tightly that that stuff never gets to liberate. Mm-hmm. And that's why I talk about the healing journey and meditation in particular 
as warriors work. It's not hippy-dippy stuff. It's a direct confrontation with everything that you've been successfully avoiding. If you think it's hippy-dippy trippy, go on a three-day meditation retreat. Stay quiet for three days. See what that requires of you. It's a courageous, bold act. So when I work, you know, in the men's community, obviously it's all men. I think a lot of guys are turned off by meditation because of the way it's maybe been framed. It's soft. It's not me. It's not my style. But I'm here to tell you, it's the real warrior's work. It's savage. You know, the very black and white model of the savage and saint is, okay, martial arts savage, contemplative practice saint. But that's really not true. Uh, you want to talk about real savage, look at some monastics who live the entirety of their lives in the present moment. That's savage. Now they do that so that their way of being can be of service and be a benefit to all sentient beings. That's saint. So the savage is hiding in the saint. The saint is hiding in the savage, and it's all connected. Wow, dude. That's all, dude, I don't even know what to say now. <laughs> we, we might have to end it now, actually. Mic drop. Mic drop, because I could do <laughs> That was just freaking awesome, dude. So let's look at the flip side of that coin. Mm-hmm. Martial art training. Okay, let's say that that's savage. But what if, the, what if the motivators for your training are saintly? What if you're training not so that you can be a big, bad, tough guy and people look at you and, and make you feel good about being macho, but what if the motivator of your training is to, number one, give thanks for the blessing of your body and to move it in interesting ways that keep it feeling sharp and alive so your training becomes a, an act of worship to the creator or whatever you think the creator is. Uh-huh. And you want to keep your skills sharp just in case somebody that you love uh, needs help or someone that you don't even know needs help mm-hmm. because of your training you can arrive on the scene and force a peaceful outcome through the diligence of your training so savage training can be motivated by a saintly uh, motivator mm-hmm. and saintly practice needs a savage you know like the discipline to get to your meditation cushion every day that's mm-hmm savage uh-huh. the actual act itself is saying uh-huh. see what i'm saying yes so this is nothing new this is a new twist on a very old thing that's been around forever yin yang you know expansion contraction masculine feminine so i just put my own words on it in a way that works for me uh-huh. in my life and in the lives of the people that i work with it's awesome man well man i'd love to talk more but um I kind of got, I kind of uh, got to cut this short, fortunately, but um, gosh, man, this has been like a freaking amazing conversation, man. I just like been dropping. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. I appreciate you too, man. Um, hopefully maybe we can talk again some, sometime. I don't know. If, I don't know. I know you're a busy guy, but. Yeah, I'm busy. I spend a lot of time doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> All right. So listen, I'll just recap for anyone checking it out. Check me out at savageandsaint.com. You can drop me a line there. Um, Instagram, Savage and Saint. Facebook, Michael Holt, though. To be honest, I don't really check that stuff. And uh, if you're interested in the men's community, there's a link on my website 
for the men's community, but you could also go to tribemenscommunity.com. Uh, through the men's community, we meet once per week uh, for only $10 a month. Guys can join us on a call. I, I teach one call per month in the realm of self-mastery for things mm-hmm. that we've talked about so far here today. Um, I have two colleagues, Justin Pierce, who teaches about intimacy mm-hmm. and really deep your experience with the opposite sex or the same sex uh, in a way that's fulfilling. And Dave Burns is the uh, business monk. He talks about identifying your purpose, you know, penetrating the world and engaging your work that you find meaningful. And uh, between those three, I think we got all the boxes covered. So for $10 a month, you guys can join us. Love to have you. The door is open. If you're wanting to deepen your experience of purpose, freedom, and love, the movement is moving. Get down. All right, guys. Check them out. Check out the website, man. This is um, definitely, definitely, man. I think I might check it out, actually. <laughs> better, eh? I better see you on the phone. All right, man. Um, thanks, thanks for your time so much. I really appreciate it, Michael. I appreciate you, man. You be well. All right, man. You too. See you, Ace. Peace out.